The following sermon is by Dan Thomas, pastor and teacher at Community Church in Edwardsburg, Michigan. If you've never visited us at Community Church, we invite you to join us at 28647 US 12 West in Edwardsburg. And now, here is Pastor Dan Thomas. Father, thank you. Thank you that you do make sinners holy. Thank you for that blood that washes us whiter than snow. Uh, we praise you for these things this day, God, in your name. Amen. You may be seated. In fact, please be seated. Are you, uh, you, you got a little bit, little bit of Christmas left in you? Can you handle a little bit more Christmas? You, you with me? Can you, uh, are, you, are you burned out? You can't handle anymore? Because I got, I got one more Christmas message. It's not like super Christmassy, so I think we'll be all right. But we are going to look today in the book of Philippians chapter 2. And that passage uh, is just an awesome text we'll read here in a few minutes. But um, we'll see that um, it, it is often called the theology of Christmas. It kind of just lays out here what took place there on that first Christmas. The Apostle Paul writes this, of course, after the fact. But he's talking about the whole idea of God coming to earth. And we'll read that in a couple minutes, but to get you thinking with me here for a second, I want to, I guess we'll call this playing just a little bit of a game here. I want you to see if you can answer these things uh, coming up here. And I'm, I'm curious, I don't want you to answer them out loud when you see it, because I'm curious as to what generation can answer them, okay? We have some abbreviations. Are you ready? If you know it, just be quiet here for a second, but see if you know it. Okay, so if you get a text message and this abbreviation shows up, R-O-F-L, how many know it? Okay, and it is rolling on the floor laughing. That, that, is, that is correct. Uh, I don't know that anybody is ever actually rolling on the floor laughing while they're texting that, but I guess they get the message across here. Okay, second one. Are you ready? I mean, I think you know that, LMK. Okay, I, I didn't know that one. I need to get, get out more. What is it? Let me know. Yeah, okay, just let me know. All right, that, that's good. Okay, how about this one? How many know that one? One, four, three? Okay, good. I don't, you know that, honey? You've never once sent that to me. But uh, you know what it means? I love you. That's right. I, I didn't know that. I didn't know my wife knew that either, but I've never got a text that says that. So I think I'll be expecting one this week. But uh, all right. Now, the next one goes like this. You know that one? Yeah. You, you're good. Shaking my head. Oh, she told you that doesn't count. Uh, Okay, shaking my head. Okay, okay, I like that. How about this one? I know, right, yes. I knew it would be a teenager to answer that. A little smart, I'm like, yeah, I know, right? Uh, I knew that, that, would, that would come out there. There had to be a teenage one. Okay, how about this one? Anybody know that one? Anybody think you know that one? What do you got? For what it's worth, that's right. Now, there's also a senior version of that. That's forgot where I was. Uh, that, that's... So, so you can go either way with that, for what it's worth, or forgot where I was. Uh, here's another uh, senior one. Anybody? Left my dentures out. Okay, so I guess that means you can't call me. You have to text me. I left my uh, dentures out on that. Okay, well, we're going to talk about what I think is the most famous abbreviation. Even if you're, for folks who don't go to church, uh, back in the early 1990s, a, a young lady that was a youth pastor came up with a plan for her kids where she got together little bracelets, and she said, let's this be the theme of our youth group. Uh, and it was the good old, are you ready? You know what? What would Jesus do? 
and uh, they passed those off to their youth group, but this caught on and really spread across the country to the place where, you know, I hear it uh, in, you know, by, I heard Jim Gaffigan use it just last week, you know, he was, it, it, because it's, so, it's such a common phrase. People who don't even know Jesus say, what would Jesus do? Uh, that, that's kind of a common thing. But our text today really brings out this idea because it tells us that we are to be imitators of Jesus. In fact, more than just imitators of the way Jesus acts, but that we are to have the same mind, the same spirit of Christ. So let's kind of look for that as we go and read from the book of Philippians chapter 2. Now, it's still vacation mode, so I put all the verses on the board, so you don't really even have to open your Bibles, but certainly if you want to or look at on your phone, I encourage you to do so. But the Apostle Paul writes, uh, by the way, the book of Philippians is usually regarded as, we'll say it like this, the most positive of Paul's epistles. Uh, it, apparently, the believers of Philippi were very, they were headed in the right direction. They weren't perfect, but Paul doesn't really find things to condemn them for or rebuke them for, I should say. Uh, so so it's, it's, very, it's a very encouraging, uplifting book. But in chapter 2, he says, if there is any encouragement in Christ, basically is if there is any comfort of love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, he said, basically, if this Christian life, this following Jesus, this new life we have is worth anything, here's what I want you to do. Complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in the full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. And let each of you look not only on his own interests, but also on the interests of others. And then he says this, kind of the key here, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was not, I'm sorry, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. But he emptied himself, there we go, by taking the form of a servant and being born in likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. I love reading these next couple of verses. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Okay, now, we, as I said, there's admonition in there. Let this mind, actually in another translation it uses those exact words. It says, let this mind be in you which is also in Christ Jesus. Have the mind of Christ. Okay, move forward with that. Well, if we are going to have the mind of Christ, first thing we, I guess, we'll look at and see what it is that we find out about God if we're going to have his mind, what we find out about Jesus in this passage. So the first thing that I want to make sure that we are well aware of is that this passage teaches us that Jesus is God. Now, if you dig into that little phrase, you will notice that the words in the text we read from the ESV, it says that he is in the very form of God. I want to make sure that I clarify that because sometimes when you hear that idea, you hear form of God, you think, okay, it's a form of God, so it's kind of like a shadow or an image of God. That's not what it says there. Uh, if you look at the original, that word form comes from a Greek word that is the same word as like metamorphosis, which has to do with our, the inner being, the very essence of who you are. In fact, that's probably a better translation. I think that's in the NIV. It says he was in the very essence of God. 
He is God completely through and through. He is fully and completely God. The scripture says that all the fullness of God dwells in Jesus Christ. This is a very important idea that we hold on to because one of the best ways to figure out that somebody is a false teacher is if they deny this, if they say something different. Um, I was sitting at home one day, and a couple of nice gentlemen knocked on my door. They had nice white shirts on. They had nice ties on, and they came up. I'm sure they'd parked their bicycles around the corner, but uh, they knocked on the door, and they said, hey, I'm so-and-so, and I'm so-and-so, and we are from the Church of Jesus Christ and the Latter-day Saints. If you're not familiar with that, that's the Mormon Church, and they stopped by, and I don't know your response. You might be hiding in the basement at that point, but what I like to do, I like to talk to people, uh, so I thought, hey, company, <laughs> you know, so, uh, so I went to the door, and, and I, I started hey yeah I'll be glad to talk to you I said the only thing is I said I think we're going to have one real fundamental difference in what we believe and they said oh really what and I said why well, I said I believe that Jesus is God and they said oh we believe that Jesus is God too and I said okay let me clarify I believe that Jesus is the one and only God and they said well, thank you very much for your time uh, and moved on, to, on down the road but you will find that there are religions everywhere that believe that Jesus is prophet that Jesus is great teacher but as we have looked at before C.S. Lewis said it real well Jesus didn't really leave that option open okay he didn't leave us the option for having an intelligent belief that Jesus is just a great teacher or that Jesus was a prophet because Jesus himself multiple times said I am God and once somebody says they are God as C.S. Lewis points out you are either a liar a lunatic or you are the Lord he did not leave that option open, and in our world today, we like that option. Some of you remember the old Doobie Brothers hit. Didn't know you were going to hear the Doobie Brothers quoted today, but uh, some of you remember the old song, Jesus is just all right with me. Jesus is just all, you want to play it? Uh, but, uh, but Jesus is just all right with me, and sometimes we have that idea, yeah, he's just, he's just like, yeah, he's a great teacher. You know, he just kind of fits in with my life where I can fit him in. But that's not the option that Jesus gave us. And when Jesus walked upon the earth, the reactions to him were incredibly extreme. There was some who hated him, some who feared him, and others who followed him with all their hearts. There was not this, hey, we'll just kind of take, take him or leave him type, type approach that we have today. Because, in fact, Jesus is God. When I first came to town here, um, I, this has died down a little bit, and I, I don't, some of you are going to think I'm teaching blasphemy here for a second, but uh, Notre Dame is, is not quite the national power that they once were in football. I'm sorry. I know they had a good game yesterday, and hats off to them if you're a big Notre Dame fan. But when I first came to town here many years ago, Notre Dame was like, oh, Notre Dame, you know. And uh, with that, there, there was no such thing as neutral ground with Notre Dame. I found that out very quickly. People either love Notre Dame or they hated Notre Dame. You don't have to amen on either one of those points. But, uh, but people either loved them or they hated them. That has died down a little bit, but it was just this extreme position. And that's very much the feelings that Jesus produced when he said, I am God. Okay? He wasn't saying, you can take them or leave them. It's like, I am God. Okay? I guess you can still take them or leave them, but there's not this passiveness of, hey, I'll just take a little bit of them or, you know, where he fits into my life, for indeed he is God. The second thing that our, that our passage makes incredibly clear to us, not only that Jesus is God, but that Jesus became man. The Bible uses that same word. He took upon him the form of a man. And again, that meant that he was completely man. So I'm not teaching that Jesus is half man and half God. I'm teaching that Jesus is all God and all man. 
okay, that he is both. You know, one preacher said he is man enough to sit and talk with the woman at the well, but God enough to change the water and the wine. That he was man enough to weep at the death of his friend Lazarus, but God enough to raise Lazarus from the dead. That he was man enough to walk, uh, stumble as he walked up uh, Golgotha's hill, but God enough to lay down his life and die for the world's sins on the cross. That he was man enough to ride into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey, but God enough to re uh, return with the angels of glory on a white horse. Okay, all God, all man is what we are communicating there, not half and half. Now, understand that the passage teaches that he did not stop being God. It says that he uh, emptied himself, or what he did is he said, I am going to choose right now, if you want to put it like this, to kind of set aside my divinity. Not that he could stop being God, that's in his very nature. But while he came to earth, he made himself dependent upon his mother to carry him, to feed him. He even made himself dependent upon God. We'll see that in verses uh, later for his spirit and his power and the works that he did. But he chose to do that. He is still fully God, but now he is also fully man. And a couple other points, uh, kids, if you're keeping notes, underneath of that point that I want to give you, because of the fact that Jesus became man, matter matters. Now, what I mean by that is that the physical universe, matter, matters. Some religions, usually we associate with Far Eastern religions, might teach us that this is all just a uh, figment of our imagination, that the physical world doesn't matter at all. Some religions uh, would, maybe more in a, in a Western world, might say the very opposite, that that's all that really matters is the physical world. Well, the Bible actually teaches that God is the creator of the natural and the supernatural, that both the spiritual world and the physical world exist. And because matters matters, that is why Jesus still cared about healing the sick. That is why Jesus still cared about feeding the hungry, because those things matter. You see, we see in the very first picture of God in the Bible back in Genesis that God has his hands in the dirt creating this earth. We see in the last picture of the Bible that God is taking the toxicity of sin and wiping it out of this earth and he's redeeming the earth. We see in the middle that God takes a human body uh, and that he lays down that life and that he redeems that human body. So we can say that the physical matters. So we, as we approach following him and serving him, we fight not only against unbelief and heresy or false teaching. We want to fight those things, fighting against unbelief and heresy, but we also want to fight against things like poverty and disease because the physical matters. You know, that's why we have a clothes closet back here uh, that, to help people that need that in the foster care system. That's why churches operate the uh, food pantry here in town uh, to feed th things like that because the physical still matters. So matter matters, but not only that, we could also say uh, because of the fact that he's become a man that you matter. First of all, of course, uh, John 3.16 tells us that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son and that that is, a, that is his gift to us in that we matter. But also, because God has lived the, his life on this earth, we know that we have a God, the book of Hebrews tells us, that uh, is not beyond understanding our situation. He has lived everything we've gone through. He has experienced pain. He has experienced fatigue. He has experienced rejection. He has experienced loss of a friend. He has uh, experienced hunger. He has experienced betrayal. He has even experienced having a prayer turned down, if you want to say that, for he prayed in the garden, Father, let this cup pass, uh, pass from me. So, 
Simply put, we have this great God of the universe, and we could say this, he gets it. He gets me. He understands. So now while I walk through this world waiting for the redemption of this world that is messed up and has all these elements of sin and disease and everything else in it, as I walk through this world, I walk through this world with a Savior who understands, who gets it, who has been there. The third thing that we must notice here, not only did Jesus uh, not only is Jesus God, not only did he become man, but also we see in this passage that Jesus became a servant. In this passage and throughout the life of Christ, we find that he taught that the way up is most definitely down. He was the one who was equal with God in every way, and yet the scripture tells us that he did not consider that equality something to be grasped or something to hold on to. We are not equal with God in any way, and yet we grasp for that equality all the time. I do it every time I say, I know what God wants, but. And I want to go my own way. I want to rule, rule, my, rule my own life. He made himself nothing. We constantly strive to make ourselves something. Somehow, you know, we miss that whole idea. So how is it when we think about Christ as a servant, how can we possibly copy that? How can, not only his actions, but let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ. Well, let's, let's look for a minute. You see, Jesus had a perfect love for people, and Jesus had, was the perfect servant. If you if think with me here for a second, is our love and our service for people perfect? Okay, let, let me illustrate. I, coming in this morning, as I do every Sunday morning, I try to pray, God, I want you to be glorified today, and I want other people to be edified. Uh, that's a fancy Bible word for growing and learning and, and uh, maturing and growing in the Lord. Okay, so Lord, I want, mostly I want you to be glorified. God, I don't want it to be about me. I want it to be about you, and I want it to be about other people. I pray that every week. I get in the car, and that's the first thing I try to pray coming in, right after I turn off the sports talk that I left on from Saturday. Uh, then, 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 I, then I pray that, pray that on the way in, and I pray that this morning. Doesn't that sound spiritual? Wow. wow. Can you see the halo over my head? Uh, just kidding. Now, here's the truth, though. Even though I pray that every week, without fail, every week, I battle with thoughts like this. And, and this morning, here's the thing. I got, I got family here today. Some of my friends have family here today, and I get thinking, want to do a good job I want them to be impressed with moi uh, you know I, I hope I can I can preach in such a way that they look and say hey boy that, that, was, that was a pretty good sermon you know I hope when the conversation at lunch is wow that was some sermon today uh, like that you know I would love to tell you I never ever thought like that but I would be lying uh, because every week I battle with that you know, you know what I mean so here I am with the opportunity to share the word of God with people and here comes these selfish thoughts are always sneaking in there and, and think about it even in the relationships with the people that we love the most I think about this in my relationship with my wife you know I wish my love was pure I wish it was perfect in that way but many times it's selfish and many times it's motivated by what I want to get and uh, and I find that you know even with you know other members of my family and throughout the church I find that my love is faulty but Jesus has this perfect love how are we going to grow into that how are we going to become imitators? How are we going to have this mind of Christ that lays down our life for other people? One verse that I wanted to show you from the book of Acts, chapter 10, verse 38. Um, it says this, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. 
And he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So Jesus on this earth is ministering, again, perfect love, perfect servant. How can he do this? But we see in here a dependence and an obedience, and we see again that he is God. There's this perfect trinity, this perfect relationship out of which flows his love and his servitude. So because he has that completeness with the Father, he is able to serve and love others. Now stay with me here for a second. This is what I really want to bring home because this is really what the Lord brought home to me this week. That means that for me to grow in my ability to love you all as your pastor, more importantly, to love my wife as her husband, uh, to, love my, to love my family, to love my friends, to love my fellow workers, to, lo to love like that, for me to grow in those things, the, mo the most needed ingredient, if you wanted to put like that, is that I am abiding with the Father and growing in my dependency on Him. Okay, so the best way I can improve as a husband is to improve my relationship with the Lord. The best way that I can improve as a father is to improve my relationship with the Lord. And, you know, I hope we can kind of get hold of that. Jesus as the perfect servant, as the one who loves uh, in perfection, uh, can do that because he is complete in the Father. He has that connection and that relationship to him. So if my love is going to grow to be more like his love and I am going to have the mind that he has, it is going to be through my connection with God in the same way. Okay? That, that, that's, that's where it's got to go. Now, my efforts, that's good. You know, I'm going to try harder. I'm going to do this. But if you're like me, hey, come on, New Year's is coming. You want to start a new resolution that we can all drop after a week? Uh, you know, my best efforts rot a lot of times. And, uh, you know, and again, they get tainted too. But when I am abiding in the Father. Now, um, as we move into 2020, I want, to, I want to show you. Now, I know some of you are guests today, but I, I want you to know I don't know why I want you to know. I want everybody to know uh, that we're I want to introduce a few different mantras. Am I saying that word right? Mantra? Like a saying you're supposed to have, like, we're going to do this. This is our mantra? It's not mantra, is it? Okay, because I'd feel really silly if I said the wrong word. In fact, I'd still feel silly if I stood up here and didn't know which word to say. Uh, I feel pretty silly. But uh, the first thing that I want you to remember, I don't know. Isaac, could you do me a favor? I know you're a little old for this, but this is kind of heavy. Could you come up here and hold this for a second? It's pretty nice, isn't it? <laughs> you can't take it home, buddy. Don't get greedy. Uh, yeah. Don't break it, man. Uh, okay, our first mantra that we want to introduce, we've been mentioning this, is these three words. Be the branch. Jesus is the vine. We are the branch. Nice, fruity branch. If it gets heavy, you can take a break. I have some water for you over there. Gatorade. Can you handle it? Okay, if you need to move to the middle, you can. And then we can see your smile. I meant the middle of the branch. But yeah, You're pretty good. Have you done this before? Okay. Uh, all right. Now, the second uh, mantra uh, that I want to introduce. Hey, do you mind coming up? You look pretty muscle-bound. Okay. The second one, he's going to hold up these weights. This is my workout at home. I can bench this. <laughs> it was a lot of work. Go ahead and stand up here a little bit so they can see you. I want you, if you can hold them both up in both hands, do it. Do this. Can you do it? If you get tired, it doesn't tickle, does it? Uh, okay, but it, it, you don't have to hold up, don't tie. You take a break every once in a while. No, get them back up. <laughs> okay. All right, so we got be the branch. And the second one I want you to remember is be the body. I was thinking of the body. The body, okay? He's going to bump you. Okay, there, there's the body right there. Now, the third one, I, I, I had a hard time with the visual imagery that I, that I wanted here. But the third one we'll go with is, this is just, to me, this seemed like an act of service. Uh, so we're going to call this, 
I won't make anybody else come up here right, right now. We're going to call this the Be the Church. Okay, so let me switch. So as we move into 2020 around here, uh, we're going to be emphasizing we need to be the branch connected to Jesus. We want to be the church. This is caring for and ministering to each other. And we want to be the We want to be the branch. We want to be the body. And we want to be the church. Okay, and the church meaning not the church that we sit here and say, hey, we went to church, but the church that is taking an active role in caring for and ministering. And as I was looking at 220, I actually started th thinking, hey, you know what we, you know we want to be doing? We want to be mobilized as an army. And those things I talked about before as far as fighting unbelief and helping the spiritual needs of a community and fighting the poverty that's in the community and fighting the, the you know, disease or whatever, uh, we need to do a better job as a church, as uh, of mobilizing to do that and that is my passion to see us become more mobilized and be able to do more in that way so that we are functioning in service as the church that we be the church but if we can back up here for a minute the best way that we are going to be able to do that is if we come back over here and we say the first thing if I'm going to do this I want to be the branch I want to be connected to the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and I want to be then as a group of believers as the body of Christ who need each other that's how God designed us we need to be strengthening each other and building ourselves up so we're gonna go this is our January theme this is our February theme and this is our theme for the rest of the year now I'm not thinking that well in one month we're all gonna get perfectly connected but I hope we realize that that's where we want to start and uh, I've been mentioning the last couple of weeks, we have these little books out in the lobby I want to encourage you to take, but it just says, Be the Branch. And it's a devotional guide that you can do just through the book of Proverbs, reading a proverb every day to help you get connected to the Lord as we go through January. Okay, this is just a way to get started. We're going to have a couple other things we're going to share with you as time goes on. Uh, the messages are going to be geared that way just to our connection. I can't wait two weeks from now. Don't miss two weeks from now. Uh, I just want to talk about the whole idea of the things that keep us be from being connected in our life and how, you know, Christ is that perfect solution for sin that somehow we are always trying to resolve our own sin problems, but how much we need him. I'm excited about that, but we're going to preach and we're going to teach and we're going to focus on the idea that I need to First of all, be the body connected to him because then, uh, man, together we're going to help each other. We're going to grow. Uh, we're going to go. He's falling apart. Uh, we're going we're gonna to grow stronger, and uh, we're going to help each other and strengthen, strengthen each other and talk about some of the different ide ideas of that. And then, you know, our prayer so much is, hey, we, honestly, we really don't want to just be playing church, right? We don't want to just be, okay, we got together, we had a good time. I love having a good time on Sunday morning. Other than the fact that it's really hot right now, I'm about to pass out. Other than that, uh, I'm, I'm, having, I'm having a great time. And I love to get together with you. I love to worship together. I so much appreciate Jeremy and David and Adam and all the folks who work with them and leading Craig and Betsy and everybody. Man, I love to worship together with you. I really do. I mean, it's, yes, I can't wait. Uh, but... But that's not all we're called to do. That's not what the church does. It just says, we want to get this, this year and, you know, and get some, uh, you know, yeah, programs in place, but also just learn to be uh, regularly realizing as I walk through my daily life that, uh, you know, I'm not the church on Sunday morning. I'm the church throughout the week. And, you know, I have this come to life. But that is only going to work well when we learn to, are you smiling up here? 
people need you to smile, man. Uh, I'll take that. Thank you very, thank you very much, Isaac. Can you handle that one? Yeah, thank you very, 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 very much. But that's only going to happen when we learn to grow and get connected first. And yeah, and yeah, I've said this before. One of the reasons this is such a passion to me that we keep the focus on the branch is because, and I know I'm repeating myself, but in my life that's been a big problem that I have. In that I have been over here saying, I got to serve, I got to serve, I got to love, without the connection over here. And, and I've been there so often, I want us as a body of believers to get that idea is that w the best way, the very best way that I can be the Christian that God wants me to be tomorrow, uh, that I can be the, the father, the, the husband, everything, you know, in that way, and the pastor that God wants. You know, I, I have it pretty good around here because I actually, as part of my job description, and I see it as job description number one as far as what I need to do to be the right kind of pastor here, stay connected to the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, that's pretty good because that's like, hey, that's in my job description. But if you could all look and say, hey, as a father, that is in my job description. As a brother, that is in my job description. As an ambassador for Christ, Josh shared with us a few weeks ago, as an ambassador in the, in the world for Christ, that's the number one thing in my job description is that I am connected to him for as my relationship within, in him and I find that completeness, then I am equipped to serve. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up because I thought we want to uh, most definitely go out with a song on our lips here as we worship him. But I, I hope you can get excited with me. Would you be praying about that as a church going forward that we can, that we can, here, here's the thing I want, I'm really, uh, I ask you to pray about. I'm asking the elders for help on this and everything like that. I, I don't think the church is all about programs, but I want us to have as many opportunities for you all to serve as we can. I, I feel like we're weak there, quite honest with you. I feel like, hey, you want to help in kids? We can always use kids help. Every church is dying for kids help. We're, well, we'd like to serve somewhere else. Where can we serve? And I'm like, I don't know. You can wash my car. Uh, you know, I, I really, in short, like that. And I, and I want to pray that God will help us be mobilized to be the church. Are you with me? Okay, let's pray. Then we'll worship together. And then, uh, don't, kids, if you have your outline filled up, don't forget to come up and see me. Let's, let's stand and pray and sing. Father, um, sorry, Lord, I kind of started in some type of a commanding voice there. I, I really want to just ask you that you would take this body of believers and make us into your church that is caring forth your love and your service uh, in our everyday lives and in the world. Uh, Lord, I pray that you'll make this connection to you uh, be more of a reality and more of a priority in our lives moving into the next year, I pray. In your name, amen. You've been listening to Pastor Dan Thomas of Community Church in Edwardsburg. For more information about the church, you can visit our website, edwardsburg.church. You may also contact the church via email, info at edwardsburg.church, or call us at 269-663-2648. Thank you for listening.